You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And thank you for every time you've tuned in. Or if this is your first time, hey, welcome to the show. I hope you enjoy what I have to offer here. I'm really excited to get into this conversation with my dude, Eric Marrow. I've been wanting to get him on the podcast for a long time. He does a great job shooting super high quality demos on YouTube, and I really appreciate his work. So I'm really excited to pull back the curtain on this a little bit and let you see what goes on. And in the interest of that, I do want to plug something really quick. I have recently been asked to speak to some middle school students about podcasting. I've done it I think five times with a couple different teachers, shout out Mr. Rogers and Mr. Sauce. And it was really a rewarding experience. I really enjoyed talking to the kids. But furthermore, it made me realize I get a lot of the same questions from kids that I do from adults once they find out what I do. And that is, how do I make this work? How do I make money with the podcast? How has this proven to be a viable career? And I made a YouTube video on it. So if you go to the Tone Mob YouTube channel, you can check out. It'll be the latest video as this podcast is released. It's titled like, How Do Podcasts Make Money or something like that, which money isn't the main point of doing this show. And I touch on that at the very end of the episode with what I think the most important part of podcasting for me has been. So if you want to slide over to YouTube and check that out. That would be great. And also, I'm going to be putting out a lot more content over there. So if you could slide over to YouTube and give the channel a follow and throw some comments out there and all that good stuff, I would really, really appreciate that. So without further ado, let's get into this one with my dude, Eric Marrow. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast, the show about guitar stuff occasionally, sometimes. I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today, I have somebody I've been meaning to get on the show for quite a while, Mr. Eric Marrow. What's going on, dude? Not much, dude. Thank you so much for having me. We've talked about it for a while, but it's for finally years. happening. <laughs> for years. I, we, couldn't have, you know, we couldn't have done it when you lived here. Yeah, no, no. It, it couldn't have been that easy. <laughs> no, that we can't do that. That'd be too simple and straightforward and fun. You know, we got to yeah. do it digitally like everything else these days. It's nice uh, to be talking to you like as in real life as we can through the internet. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of a funny thing. So I've been recording the podcast for a long time and every Almost every guest, it was always like, okay, I got to hold their hand and walk them through how we're going to record. And, uh, you know, it was kind of a challenge, honestly. Some people yeah. were just really confused about remote recording. But then as soon as the pandemic happened, I didn't have to explain anything to anybody anymore. Yeah. It was just like, they're like, do you use Zoom or what do you use? I'm like, Zoom works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Zoom, let's do that. That's yep. fine. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're here. We're doing the thing, and uh, I'm stoked to have you. Uh, but I honestly, I don't know your story, and I think this is a good place to get it. I, I know that you make awesome content, and you have for a really long time, and uh, it's been pretty spot on since day one. You've done some work for some mutual friends, and recently you did a slice of pie video for us, and it was just like, why have I not asked Eric on the show and like found out more about this dude? So 
<laughs> where did all this start with you? I know obviously you are a guitar freak like myself, but yes. you're, off, you're also very skilled at video, unlike myself. So uh, <laughs> well, let's talk about all that. Well, thank you. Uh, also, before I get into it, congratulations on the slice of pie. That thing is amazing. Thank you. I think you can kind of see it like right here. Oh, yeah, the there it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so where did it start for me? I think I started playing guitar. I started playing guitar before anything like photo or video stuff. Um, I started, I think, when I was 13, mm -hmm. somewhere around there. So like middle school age, my friend played guitar and he's like, dude, I just learned this corn song. I got to yeah. teach you this corn song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was the one where it's like all the way up on the neck and it's really, it's like three notes or something. Mm -hmm. um, and I had never played guitar, but he taught me that. And I was like, this is sweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it started like in middle school. Uh, I soon joined a bit, like after I, you know, found my feet on guitar, I, I joined a band. We played originals um, throughout high school. And then <clears throat> it just kept growing and growing. I, I I was a, well, I am like a pretty curious minded person. So my interest in like the act, like the technical side of, of the like guitar and, and recording kind of took over compared to the other people. Like, so right. like at shows, I would tune the guitars. I would make sure all of them, you know, sounded good. Uh, and then I would, I also uh, helped us record some on our first, uh, our first release. So, you know, it, it just kind of, it kind of evolved in that way. Mm -hmm. And then throughout that, of course, like, oh, I found out about, about these things called pedals that you plug your guitar into before Ooh, the amp. I've heard of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't. I, I don't here, know what a pedal here's is. Here's another one. Oh, oh, there's two of the same <laughs> one, kind of. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what don't what know. even are a pedal? Are a pedal? Who are who is pedal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it just kind of all uh it started in middle school, of course, and then mm -hmm. it just kind of evolved naturally. Like um I I'm not sure where to go after that, but like I, I played in bands. Uh I did a little bit of touring, not a whole bunch of touring, and then uh in college, I <clears throat> I started by studying like coding, like website coding, and then uh -huh. I quickly realized that I am not smart enough to do that. So I, I at that time I was already I already had a camera and I was interested in photography. So I switched over to the the digital media program, mm -hmm. and that's and that's kind of where the the other slippery gear slope comes in <laughs> with the video stuff right so you were pretty much doing i mean obviously to your eye i'm sure that you you changed and evolved over the years but as far as i've been aware you you've just came out of the gate really strong with high quality videos not just from a look i have a nice camera you know perspective but also there's a lot of people that have nice cameras that don't have an eye for things um, yeah and so you've you've got this kind of really nice aesthetic to everything that's been very consistent, at least as far as I can tell, from the, your very first demos, where a lot of people, myself included, like, mine all look kind of dumb, and I'm trying to get better at, about that. So, <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, trust me. I, I had a whole bunch of video projects that looked dumb before 
I got on YouTube. That's the secret. Ah, is that I see. YouTube didn't, or I, I, I didn't have a YouTube channel whenever I had dumb stuff. <laughs> I see. Okay. Okay. You got the dumb out of the way secretly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> secret dumb. I am secret dumb. <laughs> well, unlike me, I'm very not secret dumb. Everyone <laughs> is aware how dumb I am. But did you just look at pedal demos as like, hey, I think I can, I think I can do this better or do this as well as some of the current crop or what made you first start doing pedal demos other than you love pedals? You know, like, so I, I've, I've had a few different jobs, um, like been employed by like video production teams and like, you know, media companies. And like, I always wanted to, you know, like in my downtime, I would be watching guitar videos or I would be reading about guitar stuff. So I, I always had it in my mind. Like I want to do something combining these two. Yeah. And then, um, so I actually got to interview for a position for a pedal company here in Ohio, but I didn't get it, which was kind of like, kind of a, a, a kick to the ego. But yeah. <laughs> uh, we we moved recently, or we moved quickly after that. And my wife was just like, why don't you just try, like just reach out to companies and and try to make videos. And so I was like, okay, uh, that sounds like a good idea. Mm -hmm. And so so it was kind of that thing like where I realized I can want to do this all day, every day, but I think the only way that I'm going to be able to to make videos about guitar stuff is to actually just start. Yeah. So that's really that's really how I started. You know, I emailed a bunch of different companies. Ryan from Fuzz Rocious and Joel from Chase Bliss were a, the first couple people that were like, "Yeah, we'll we'll let you borrow a pedal." Mm -hmm. And and that was really cool. Um. And and another another thing. Uh, about the like the video aesthetic i like i enjoy making like product like things images that make products look pretty so mm -hmm. like i think i think i tried to implement that into my my very first videos pretty heavily um does that i think i feel like i went off in the weeds on that one <laughs> no no you're you're, <laughs> you're you're telling the story you're filling in some gaps because i wasn't sure who your first clients were and that kind of that helps. Yeah, I, you know, I I just e I just sent out a whole bunch of emails with like, hey, I don't have a channel, but I I'm I'm wanting to build like a library or library of demos, and mm -hmm. um, you know, like I said, Ryan and Joel hit me back up, and then also um, Mike from Native Audio now, mm -hmm. and uh, Seth from Old Blood were a few of the first people that were like really really helpful and like really trusting of me which was super cool did you have like some things to show them already you're like hey this is kind of my vibe because i know that you know i i've seen those requests come in too from different companies i've worked for and then i'll migrate to the channel and i'm like yeah not quite you know <laughs> like not, yeah not, you know like because you do want to give people a chance you know you do want to give people and let you know if somebody doesn't have a channel, but they make really, really good content, it still might be something that you can use for your own channels, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so you don't want to ever just like totally blow anybody off, but sometimes you do mi migrate over to what they've done or they haven't done anything. That's the yeah. worst. It's when they've done nothing and they're like, hey, can I get a insert product here? And it's like, well, what are you, <laughs> you going to do with it? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And you know, I mean, 
that's that's a real um like from your perspective that's a real like challenge because like it's it's like you said you don't want to just like write anyone off and like them helping make stuff for companies you work with is good Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like are they reliable you don't have anything to show kind of but yeah i did i did have a couple videos that i made i made a a guitar video for um my heritage hollow body mm-hmm. and then i actually made a demo video f- for that application uh so i did have like kind of pedal demos but but again it was really difficult i'm sure and again i think all of those people that <laughs> that were like yeah sure let's let's give this guy a shot because i didn't have like a wealth of a collection of specific guitar related videos right right did you did you send them some of your other work though too the outside of the guitar space or did you just kind of roll with what you had maybe i can't it's been so long i can't remember it was like so it was like a little over 5 years ago mm-hmm. when i started kind of like consistently um i did like again i have worked in video production like commercial production so yeah. like i had a, a before we moved, I worked for a company that where we made, you know, the cheesy uh, local commercials. Oh, I love them. The, yeah. That, I did, I did that. <laughs> I made those. <laughs> as since good as were, I could, but, you know. Since, since you still... were local to me, what do you have any uh, particular gems I might have seen? I don't watch a lot of TV, but. Yeah, I um, I mean, I did, uh, there's a company called Oregon iLASIC. I did a bunch of videos for them. That mm-hmm. wasn't cheesy. That was more like testimonial stuff. Right. Uh I mean, there are a couple, uh, or like in, mostly in Eugene. Oh, okay. Um, I'm trying. I can't. Nothing's coming to my mind right I didn't now. Enough. You were like, I did Scott Thomason's videos or something. Like I, that was a '90s reference. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't get that one. That was a hyper '90s, hyper, uh, hyper local reference. Yeah. Or, or, or if we want to go even more uh, '80s and '90s, maybe you could do a a Tom Peterson commercial or something. You'll have to look those up. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a, such a niche reference. Nobody's going to understand <laughs> what I'm talking about. Uh, so, so once you got the ball rolling, you know, the channel's, you know, been growing. And I think you said a word there that's really important, and that is consistency. I think consistency is like the almost more important in some ways, even than quality, which is kind of counterintuitive to a lot of people and I think as musicians and artists we tend to want to make the best thing that we possibly can but sometimes perfect gets in the way of of good and consistent you know yeah and uh how, what, how, what have you found are some like easy or maybe not easy but just some ways you've found that keep you consistent what keeps you motivated to keep doing it because it's a grind like you know this is not a this is not an easy thing to accomplish. No, I'm, I'm still working on it. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish I had the answer for that. Uh, I think it mainly comes from just like, I'm all, like, I'm stoked about guitar pedals yeah, and like everything guitar. So like that portion of it comes very easy to me to be mm-hmm. like excited about something. But the part that's really difficult is like, you know, setting the the fact that like okay today i'm going to sit down and i'm going to press record on on this demo or video whatever video it is yeah like in making myself do that because that's that's the i think that's the hardest thing for me right now is to just like 
actually start because once I start, it's for me, it's super easy because I can talk about guitar pedals until I'm blue in the face, kind of, you know, right. and, and I just love it. But like, it's actually like making myself do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, for me, the worst part is uh, when it comes to doing demos and I haven't done nearly as many as you have, but I've done a few at this point. Mm -hmm. It's when you get all set up and you're ready to go, got everything dialed in and you hit record on everything you go to play and it's just like, I can't play guitar today. Like my fingers, it's just like... I or, I, stopped, or, I forgot how to play guitar. Yeah, it's like, I don't know what is guitar. Who is guitar? Um, and you're just, like, it just doesn't work. I've done that before where it's like, I just spent like two hours trying to make this work on something simple. Yes. Uh, and it just isn't happening. So for me, I've what I've found is like to try to just play what the pedal wants you to play. See, yes, you know, when 100%. you plug in... Don't like, it, unless you absolutely have to for some reason, don't like go in with like, I have to play this very specific Black Sabbath riff for this pedal. Yeah. Uh, just go in and start playing and mm -hmm. see, seeing what happens. That's what I have found works for me. I just, all of the stuff I've done, some people have been like, that sounds like a so-and-so riff. That sounds like a whatever. I'm like, that's just what the pedal wanted to do. I don't <laughs> even know, you know? Yeah. Um, how do you fight through that though? Because you you have deadlines and schedules more so than I do most of the time that things got to get done by. Yeah, and and actually I had the same thing like early on. Now it's it's a little bit better just because everything gets better with repetition. The more you do it, the more you're going to be comfortable doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. And in, in this case, playing guitar on camera. But one thing that helped me was so when I'm when I was filming. I had a, a different setup back then, but when I was filming, I would just take a second, figure out a, a, some sort of guitar part, not while the camera's rolling, and then play that guitar, like, play it, get it to where it's, like, sounding cool. Because, like, typically I'll go through the range of, like, a, a knob on the pedal, like, let's say a tone knob or, like, the time knob on a delay or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I would get a part that would let me showcase that specific feature get it in my mind, test test the part with the feature, and then say, okay, now I'm ready to go. I would hit record then, and then play that part demonstrating the, the specific feature. And then once I was done, I would hit stop, and then I would move on to the next one. Right. And and that really helped, I think, because, because again, it is, um, it's, it's just so weird to, number one, be in front of a camera, but then also it can be really difficult when you hit that record button to actually play something that like, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It can be hard to, and then sometimes you, you'll get done with something or for me anyway, I'll get done with something and I'll be like, that's okay. Like maybe sonically it sounds decent. Cause like the rig's good, mm -hmm. but I'm like, no, playing is kind of, eh. you know, and sometimes I just have to be okay with it. You know, yeah, and that's that is a tough one for me. It's like I, that riff sucked, but uh, you know, <laughs> but I gotta hit the publish button. Or I gotta hit it. I just gotta go. You know, and the the worst one was uh, actually my most recent one, and I didn't have I didn't have anything to hide behind because I wasn't demoing a fuzz or a reverb like I would like to. I was demoing acoustic strings. Oh yeah, the uh, the Foxwoods, right? Yeah, yeah. So I I and I was like, I'm gonna be like the only video on this for a little bit. And I barely ever play acoustic guitar. And so it was like, and, I, and it was like one in the morning. I was just oh, like, yeah. so I was so tired. And I, 
I'm okay with how it came out, but sometimes there's there's like mistakes I just left in there because like I'm too tired to fix this and I'm not gonna film this whole thing again. Like, it, yeah, sure, I I played some really sloppy stuff on on some of it, but it's just like I think it gets the point across. I that's probably the playing that I'm like least happy with on anything I've done, and it's probably <laughs> gonna be one of the most viewed things I've done. Which is <laughs> for me, my t- channel's tiny, so it's still not that many people, but. Um, it's like uh, I just got, I've gotten it's been hard to do but I've gotten more comfortable just in my own skin like uh-huh. this is how I play and if you don't like it go find Mike Herman's channel or yeah. you know insert good guitar player here go watch RJ Ronquillo yeah he'll kill it can, every single time yeah, yeah. <laughs> he could like, he could play left-handed and it would sound better than anyone playing yes he's insane <laughs> That guy is such a beast. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, like all that to say is like, I did an interview for, I don't think it'll probably be out yet, but I did an interview for guitar.com recently and they nice. asked me like, there was like, what's your, the number one piece of advice you've been given? And it's like, I've got, gotten a lot of decent advice over, or a lot of really good advice over the years. But one of the things that guests kept saying was just put it out there whatever it is, whether it's your music or whether it's a demo or whether it's whatever, it's like, just put it out there and see what happens and get better over time. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of what you have to do, no matter what your pursuit is, I think. Yeah, and that's, and again, like like you said, it's really hard to to just say, okay, this is done. And mm-hmm. I, it's out there now. Um, it's It's something that I definitely struggle with all the time. Because it's, again, like, don't let perfect get in the way of good enough, mm-hmm. for sure. And, I mean, that's not to say, like, you don't... You, obviously, you want to try to make it as best as you can. It's like, you don't want to, like, just put garbage out, and your video right. is not garbage. It's great. I listen to it. Oh, thank um, you. You're welcome. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's just... It's, it's all, like, this weird psychological exercise in <laughs> just being comfortable with yourself a little yes. bit. <laughs> yes. Yes. Especially in the face of potential YouTube trolls. Oh my gosh. It's, it's like oh man, like not only not only do I already feel uh, on the edge about this, but somebody's going to like make fun of my face. <laughs> yeah. It's, dude, I get so many, well, I'm not so much anymore, but I used to get a lot of people saying uh oh, that riff sounds like smashing pumpkins, and then I also used to get people saying that I look like Billy Corgan. And then I was wondering, like, <laughs> do you think that this riff sounds like Smashing Pumpkins because I look like Billy Corgan? Or does it actually sound like Smashing Pumpkins? And do you look like Billy Corgan just because you have no hair? I don't uh, think that, you really I look think like so. Billy Corgan that much. I, I think it's because I don't have any hair and I'm chubby. So, like, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I, I see the bald thing. I don't see yeah. anything else. I, you look like yeah. Eric Marrow to me. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's always you, my, a funny thing. One of my favorite photos ever, though, is Billy Corgan looking upset on Thunder Mountain Railroad. Have you seen that? Yes, I have. <laughs> Dude, the, uh, what's that video? It's like when the... It's it's a roller coaster video. It's a, to a Smashing Pumpkin song, and when it goes over oh, the hill, oh, it's yeah. just like, we. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to share that one. as soon as I saw it I grabbed that thing I was like this is going on Instagram yeah. I'm yep. like I don't know who made this but this they is are awesome. a genius yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I sh- I showed it to my wife Lynn, and she was just like, "You are so dumb. That is not that funny." I'm like, yes, it is. Look how many people think it's also funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> I'm gonna find it again as soon as this is over because I want to watch it again. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, that's thank you for that reminder. I forgot you about are that welcome. Video. That's great. also also I kind of wanted to talk to you about like, dude, it's difficult to build a, a YouTube channel. Yeah, because you mentioned like your channel's small, and I don't even consider my channel big. I think I'm I'm a small channel, and like, it's really difficult. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a tough endeavor. Like occasionally, you know, so occasionally you'll see people that blow up really big based on a couple videos. Yeah, sometimes, but that's rare. And like, I somebody was asking me about that with the. Uh, uh, Emily Hopkins, the harpist. Mm-hmm. You know, she does a lot of pedal demos and they're awesome. They were like, man, she just really blew up from that one video. I'm like, yeah, she did. But she also had like 40 million other ones that didn't blow up. Yeah. You know, she 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 got she got fortunate in the algorithm gods, you know, favored her <laughs> uh, with, <laughs> that with one. Yeah. But but like, but I'm like that she she has put out so much content in the last couple of years. Like mm-hmm. so much. It's not just because of the one video. People overlook all that stuff. It's kind of like that, you know, when you hear a, a somebody get a Grammy for best new artist, and then yeah. you're like, they've been working at that for like ten years. Yeah. What are you talking about, <laughs> best new artist? It's yeah, the dumbest category. The overnight success that took seven years to do. A hundred percent. Yeah, it 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 is tough to build a YouTube channel. It's it's a very worthy endeavor and it can have a lot of rewards that go along with it not just not just monetary rewards most youtubers aren't making any money but the just like the connections and stuff that you can develop and the relationships that you can get it's 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 a worthwhile endeavor but yeah there's a distorted view on like i think everyone thinks that all youtubers are pewdiepie and that's just (laughs) not true (laughs) definitely not definitely not. not Yeah, and and to your to your point, um, all of these pedals right here on my shelf, Blake can see it. The listeners can't, but I have a I have a shelf full of a lot of pedals, and like I don't like to sell gear because like each one of these pedals is like a connection to a person that I've worked Same. with. Yep, and I'm super sentimental like that. So uh, yeah, that's why I have so many pedals. I, I almost. You know, outside of like some of the vintage stuff I've bought and and all that, I feel the same way. I'm just like, if I really like the person and I really like the pedal, it feels weird to get rid of it. I understand why some people do, and I probably will at some point because at some point it's just like this is absurd. Like this is too much, you know? Yeah. And it already is that at that point. To be perfectly fair, like it is already is ridiculous. But it's like, oh, but this is my friend Joel. Yeah. Like. I don't want to get rid of this thing that my friend Joel, you know, like trusted me with, you know, mm-hmm. like on a launch or something like this is not what that's not what I want. So it always feels like, yeah, I start to feel like a hoarder. So I like I have two different sides where I'm like, oh, I'm gear hoarding. But I'm hoarding my friend's gear, so yeah. I can't I don't know what to do. It's like weird. <laughs> it's a very fortunate, weird position to be in. Yes, I, I'm the same way If right here. Mm-hmm. I have these two guitar racks and then these pedals, but also like back here, mm-hmm. two of these things are filled with pedals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it is a weird position to be in, but I'm, I feel like I'm on the same page as you. Yeah. 
Do you do the weird thing that a lot of us do where you also, you don't only keep the pedals, but you keep the boxes? No, I, I no. said bye to the boxes long ago because they oh, take I up too much them. space. They do. They take up an absurd <laughs> amount of space. I have a, two full shelves just full of, of empty boxes. I'm like, why? I, why? I resisted for so long. Um, and at one point, I broke down all the boxes and I put them in a tote. Mm-hmm. So like they were, they were laying flat. But then I was like, you know what? I just don't want these boxes. So once I threw that batch of boxes away, I was like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no more boxes. <laughs> yeah, it's... I say all that. I say like, oh, I'm going to have to get rid of stuff at some point. But uh, we've been talking, trying to figure out to the best of our ability, like, do we want to stay where we're living for the next five-ish years? Yeah. Because you know? what I don't want to do is what has happened to some family members where they're like, they get into their mid fifties and decide that they want a big project and they're going to move and build a, you know, build a house or rebuild a house that needs renovating or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want to get this done while I'm young and still have some energy. Yeah. And then never do it and just be done and never yeah. go anywhere else. Like we could stay here. There are a few like little, little negative things about it, but overall we're pretty comfy, mm-hmm. but then like, you know, I was just talking to my wife this morning, actually, and she's like, well, if you ever move and you build a shop, you'll be able to have, you know, I can't remember what what we were talking about. Oh, like a gym set up. Right now I have one on our back porch and she hates it. Okay, yeah. Because it's kind of in... And she hates it for good reason. It's totally in the way. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, she's like, oh, if you ever, you know, build another shred shed, you should also build it with a... With a gym, gym section. Yeah. yeah. Because you already have the squat rack and all that stuff. It's like, oh, that's a good idea. And then it got me thinking, like, if I was build the shred shed again, what would I do differently? And it's like, well, I would make it bigger. Yeah, mega <laughs> shred shed. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> it got me kind of fantasizing, uh, which I shouldn't do. That's a dangerous thing to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you, you've moved recently a couple times, right? So you were in Eugene, just south yeah. of me, about two hours south of me, and mm-hmm. now you've somehow wound up in Ohio. Yeah, well, actually West Virginia, but I'm, oh, I'm West from Virginia. Ohio. It's on the border of West Virginia and Ohio. Okay, uh, got it. So in 2006, so my wife and I are both from here, and okay. in 2016, we moved out to Oregon. Mm-hmm. So we were out there for five years. Um we were in an apartment, and then the then we got a house, which was sweet. And then we just moved from Oregon back here mm-hmm. to be closer to family and everything. Right. Um, so now it's it's a <laughs> it's stressful, but well, first of all, moving sucks, and then second yes. of all, I had to reset up uh, every studio. So yeah. So I feel like every time we move, I get a little bit better at setting things up. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to, uh, I imagine the climate's quite different. Did you have to also reset up your guitars? Yeah, actually. Well, a lot of these over here, or a lot of my guitars were actually stored here. So oh, okay. I, uh, I actually posted a picture, which you responded to. We were talking about the, I had an acoustic guitar in its case. Yes. When I was out in Oregon, like the, the acoustic guitar was here. I never played it and it was in its case for like five years and it had grown these weird, this weird <laughs> like corrosion, but only at the nut 
on yeah. the wound strings. It was really, really weird. Yeah, it was. A, I've I've seen that corrosion before, but usually it's the whole string. Yeah, that's what was weird about it. It was like I wonder. I don't know what that nut's made out of, but I wonder. It's something or some maybe some finger grease got trapped in there. Or like I don't know. I'd never seen it be so specific to an area. Usually it's like the whole string's disgusting. Yeah, and that's what, what I was thinking too. And I don't remember like if I set up the guitar with like any sort of lubricant under that spot. Maybe right. I Who don't knows? know. Yeah. It was weird though. <laughs> it was weird. They were they were, looked like they were about to like sprout legs and walk off the guitar. It was like, yeah. let's ooh, I don't know about that. <laughs> let's get out of here. <laughs> so selfishly, I also wanted to have you on for uh well, I think there's a lot of YouTubers and aspiring content creators that listen to this show. I know there are actually. And I thought it might be fun because I know you have a professional background in this stuff. What are some basic, easy things that most people overlook when they first start shooting videos? Audio. Oh, okay. 100% audio. Really? Uh, yeah, the way that I always phrase it is like, for anyone out there who watches YouTube, you are, typically, you're more likely to watch a video that looks bad, is like, you know, pixelated, grainy, but sounds good. Mm -hmm. And... And conversely, if you watch a video that looks really good, but it sounds bad and like the cam, like the camera is, is like, you know, nice and there's a shallow depth of field. So the background's blurred, but then the microphone is like on the other side of the room. Right. And then it's like all, it just doesn't sound good. Every, every single time I skip those videos. <laughs> so I think, I think audio is definitely, um, I think it's more important than the video quality like to get right mm -hmm. um but in in specific to video i think you might have been th uh, like i think you might have been gearing more towards video uh, i was but filming. we should probably talk about both honestly yeah. Yeah, yeah um lighting is the biggest part of making videos look good so it mm -hmm. it really doesn't depend on the camera so for all of you listening out there and if you do a video clip, for all of you listening out there, uh, <laughs> you don't need the best camera. Good cameras are great, but you don't need the best one. You have a phone in your pocket that works perfectly good. Get a light in front of you, you know, that's facing you, that's not lighting you from, t like, top, like a ceiling light. Right. And then it's going to look a million times better. And that could be, like, window light if you sit beside a window. Or it could be just taking a lamp from your living room and just putting it kind of like beside your camera. Uh, or like I've done here, I've got these really cheap, affordable soft boxes that hold just a normal um, light bulb. Mm -hmm. And then those are a great way to just get like nice soft light in the right position because that's going to that's gonna make your videos look better. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed a, a trend lately too with, um, and it's not just in guitar land, it's in kind of the more general YouTube land of people doing a setup like, if this video ever gets published, people will see it. But for the listeners, Eric's got some lights under his shelving that provides kind of a different colored ambient light versus the light that is shining on his face. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that has been a trend lately 
Is there anything to look out for with that, though? Because it sends, seems to be like purple and blue is what I usually see for background lighting. Yeah. Is there is there something to specifically watch out for there? Um, some some colors, especially with these light bulbs, some colors show up more vibrant than others. And I think mm -hmm. it is that purple and blue show up like as more saturated and they look cooler, I guess. Like if you try red or orange, it might not be as um, as intense as you would think. Yeah. Uh, but the the main thing to watch out for in any lighting is, uh, it's called banding or flickering. It's like on lower end lights, um, the, the recycle rate kind of is slower. So like on it to our eyes, it's not as perceptible, but when you film it on camera, you might get like horizontal lines that kind of like scroll down the video. Oh footage. yeah. I've and seen that. That's called banding. Um, that is something to look out for. I haven't had that much of an issue with it at all, honestly. I have, uh, in the light that's lighting me, is it's just a, uh, you know, it, sorry. The light that's lighting me is just a single light bulb, but I put a, a Y in it, so I have two light bulbs in oh, it. Oh, okay. And mm -hmm. then it, they're just like 60-watt equivalent LED bulbs from Walmart. Right. And they, they oh. work perfectly fine. Right. Yeah, I mean, it looks great. And, you know, like I've, we've talked about, your videos all look great. The lighting is something I'm just like, just barely starting to learn about. And I know the lighting out here in the shed looks cool when you're out here just doing stuff, mm -hmm. but it's not very good for actually shooting things. And so I'm constantly playing around with different things, trying to figure out what's what, and also what doesn't take up a ton of room, because sometimes those soft boxes can get pretty big and yeah. bulky. And so... Trying to play with that a little bit more and just learn, just learn more in general. Because as we talked about in the Tone Mob Facebook group, everybody, <laughs> go to the Tone Mob Facebook group. If you're going to bother being on Zuck's platform, you might as well <laughs> go have fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, the The camera I'm I'm looking at, I'm trying to, you know, I don't want to go crazy, um, but at the same time, I'm trying to, I'm kind of a future proofer guy. Mm -hmm. Like I bought my last computer that I bought before the laptop I'm currently using, which was a 2009 Mac Pro Tower. Yeah. And I used it for over 10 years. That was my goal. It was like, I want to buy this, spend a fair amount of money. And I didn't uh -huh. go like fully hog wild back in the day. Yeah. I think I spent like around 3000 on it. Yeah. Which which I was like, this is absurd amount of money to spend on a computer. So this better last me a long time. And it, I actually still use it for some things. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm kind of that way when it comes to gear that I need but don't really want. Mm -hmm. I will kind of go like, I don't want to buy this again for a very long time and go a little bit overkill. So um, that's why I'm looking at that Black Magic stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I, I realize that most phones are going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, for really. sure. Yeah. It's it's crazy what you can do with an iPhone. In fact, uh, uh, Devon Whitaker, who I just absolutely love his videos, his first video ever was for Cooper Effects, and mm -hmm. he did it all with his iPhone. Everything. Some, which is, talk about some people that just like come right out of the gate with like yeah. <laughs> a perfect vision and like executing perfectly. Like mm -hmm. that dude is ridiculous. In, he is in the best way. Yes, and he's and he's so casual about it. Yeah. When you talk to him about it, he's like, "Oh yeah, well you know, I just uh, 
made this little video here. I'm like, dude, <laughs> yeah, this is this is not <laughs> no, this is no. not this is not like any sort of like someone's first video should be. No, like we said, not. it should be dumb. It should be bad. It, your first video <laughs> should be bad. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're just using your phone, it yeah. should be at least a little bit bad. But no, he comes out of the gate with this crazy video that no one's ever seen the style of before, and. His slice of pie video, I watched it like eight times. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. And like the song that he wrote for it is yeah. so gnarly. <laughs> he's such a he's such a talented dude. Everyone go follow him. If you're not, you're missing out. You're doing what it wrong. What are you doing? <laughs> go follow Devon Blue. He's been on this podcast three times. Go follow him. <laughs> <laughs> but um going back to the audio portion. So you mentioned like if maybe I assume when people's audio for their speech is really bad, it's because their camera is probably the microphone and they're just they've got it. Yeah, they have to have it at a certain distance to look good. Mm-hmm. So that's what they do. Yeah, but they're trying to use that mic and it's just like hello over there. Yeah, exactly. Hello. Yeah. Like you know, <laughs> is it so? It's like lapel mic, overhead mic. What do you suggest uh, in those situations? I typically so for sure for starters you want to get your you don't want to use the camera mic unless you're using it for like scratch audio. But you want to get yeah. the microphone off the camera cl- as close to your sound source, your voice, um, as possible. And typically what I do is I use a, like a, an on-video, like it's it's called the Rode VideoMic Pro. It's meant to go on your camera, but I just use like a headphone extension, like in, like a six-foot, eighth-inch cable, you know, to mm-hmm. it, to let me take it off the camera and put it on a mic stand and then just all I do is I put it out of frame on in the in the out of frame of the shot above me yeah. so I get you know nice clear audio but you can't see the the microphone but I mean more more often now you'll see videos on YouTube like like we are right now we just have the microphones like up to our face and like right. I've seen videos where people just talking like like this right here with mm-hmm. the microphone in the shot. And that's that's super cool because you can get the microphone right up to your mouth and people are just going to kind of ignore it. Yeah, it feels... I think we've there's been enough video podcasts and we've seen enough just like behind the scenes, I don't know, Howard Stern things where that's what they're doing. You know, yeah. they're just talking on the microphone. It's not weird anymore. I think in the past, especially with YouTube specifically, it was always like, okay, we have a little lapel mic or we, mm-hmm. you know... Hide the hide the microphone, but I think, and I think if you're shooting like an interview for a documentary or something, you'd probably still want that. Yeah. But for general content creation, it's like if you got a decent looking boom and decent looking mic that you like. I mean, yeah. I don't think anybody's upset about seeing a microphone. <laughs> no, definitely not. And I mean, there are ways that you can hide that in post processing too, if you really want to hide it. But like, people, it's just it's such an, a different like people. People's expectations on YouTube are so different than like the more traditional way that you're taught to like edit video. So like right. if I were editing uh, like a really cool, like nicely shot documentary or like a marketing piece for a company with like testimonials or like someone talking on camera, you would hide what are called jump cuts, which are essentially like you take a clip and you cut out the space that you don't want to hear. And then yep. you butt them up. But on YouTube, it's actually really cool because you can put in jump cuts wherever you want. And like people are just used to it. Yeah. 
So, so like you don't have to hide it. Yeah, I think I feel like that was a, a Casey Neistat thing, like that he helped make that acceptable. Yeah, you know? and and the a lot of beauty YouTubers. My wife watches oh, okay. a lot of uh, a lot of those beauty YouTubers, and like their their videos are just like constantly cut up. Some sometimes, sometimes, admittedly, for I I put those in my videos too because I'll like be talking about something and I'll be like blah, blah, blah. my mouth stopped working and I'll have to say it again <laughs> instead of like resetting up everything and read yeah. like I'll just keep I'll just keep talking I'll just like wait a minute here's the thing that I meant to say yeah and I say it again and then I'll cut that but I sometimes it gets like even Casey who I think like a lot of like made that probably in my at least in my viewpoint the like a thing like a stylistic choice mm -hmm. even him sometimes I'm like okay that's too many you should have, yeah. you should have, it'll be like, and we, and then we went to the, and I'm like, no, it's too much. No, no. Yeah. Like just take a second and say the sentence over again. <laughs> yeah. Try to do the sentence at least. Don't, I have seen some YouTubers like do the one word, like, and it's like, ah, uh, no, I yeah. know you're trying to do a thing here, but it, it's distracting. Yeah, know? for sure. <clears throat> uh, and possibly that's because I'm just used to free rambling on the podcast. So maybe that's. Yeah, my own bias. That is a big thing because a lot of those, a lot of times, those jump cuts are just meant to cut out like space between people's words, mm -hmm. and it's not even that they messed up the sentence. It's just like they talked a little bit slower, and they're trying to make the video as short as possible. So they're just going to put in a bunch of those cuts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of it's weird, but I do like it, and I like that YouTube as a medium. There are some things that are generally accepted practices like that. But you can kind of do whatever you want. Yeah, you really can. It's, it's, that's, I mean, in some of my earlier videos, I, I haven't been doing it as much just because it is a lot of extra work. But when I'm editing and like watching myself talk, uh, <laughs> and I'll say something that'll remind me of a movie or something, I would go and find the clip. Oh, yeah. And like, yeah. And, and insert it into the, and some people really liked it. I thought it did spice up an unboxing video quite a bit. Mm -hmm. because I'm a kind of a weird person, and I and I was talking about this yesterday uh, with uh, Dylan from Dylan Talks Tone for his podcast. Oh, nice! I, I'm like I'm this weird person who my whole content creating career, basically, I'm like I only make stuff that I would want to consume. Unboxing videos do not fall in that category for me. I don't watch any unboxing videos unless it's a slice of pie, which is a yeah. totally different thing. <laughs> but like, I don't watch. I'm not. I'm like, I'll see what that is when, when on your demo, you know. Yeah. But for some reason, people love that stuff, mm -hmm. and so there is a degree of give the people what they want, you know. Yeah, for uh, sure. That you have to do, and so even though it's not for me, and that's what Dylan and I talked about pretty extensively. I'm like, there's a lot of content out there that I just don't get. Maybe I'm just the old man yelling at Cloud. I don't, I don't know what it fist. is. Yes, like, <laughs> it's not the way we did it back get, in my day. Get off my lawn. <laughs> get out of here, you <laughs> whippersnappers. Uh, but, like, uh, I just, sometimes you have to accept, like, I don't really like TikTok. I, I still don't really like, like TikTok. I'm on it. I do things on it because it's the thing. But yeah. I don't love it. And Wampler, by comparison... Absolutely loves TikTok. Yeah. And and we figured it out on podcasts uh, a few weeks ago, actually. Why? Richard, uh, this is a Chasing Tone podcast for anyone who doesn't listen to that. Richard's like, I figured out why you like TikTok so much. Or maybe Brian said, I don't remember. He's like, 
because your brain works in 30 second like <laughs> like spots like yeah. Brian will be like he'll have an idea and then he'll whoop he'll be on to something else and whoop yep. he'll be on to something else and whoop and where I do can have a tendency to do that content wise like I'll sit down and watch a long movie yeah. I'll, I'll I'll sit down or I'll in in over the course of a, a day consume a, a full like two three hour podcast and 30 second videos I mean I don't know Maybe I'm. I think I'm really starting to age myself right now. Because yeah, the TikTok <laughs> is just like I. Don't, I don't like this format. It's yeah. not enough for me. You know, it'll. It'll. There will be maybe something funny that's cool, or mm-hmm. maybe there will be something that uh, I'm really interested in. I'm like, wow, this is really fascinating. Ow, and the video's over. Yeah. So now I have to go to YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> and find out. <laughs> find out more the about full, it. Yeah, to find the full story. So, yeah, it's a. All that to say is, for me, I'm realizing that. It's not all about what I want. Yeah. Sometimes you have to do what the people want and maybe sometimes what the algorithm wants. Yeah. And, uh, how do you find that balance? That's the real question. I do wish you know? I wish I had an answer uh, for that because I have no <laughs> idea. Uh, I, shout out to one of my good friends, Jason, from Fuzzlord Effects. Uh, I helped him. I used to, when I was out in Oregon, I would help him film his videos and we would talk about this extensively. Like we would start by like, what, what do you think would like do well? And what do we want to do? You know? And like, we came up with a few different things. Um, like the, the first one that kind of went crazy was like, well, why don't like in, in the, the thought or in the, in the way that like we were interested about is like, why don't we just take a stack out into the middle of a field and then make like a cool montage video. Yeah. And that did really well. And then we tried it a couple other times. It didn't do quite as well. So we're like, okay, well, what do you think the people would want to watch? And I think I'm trying to think of specific ones. Like we did a couple like comparisons, uh, like, like amp comparisons or pedal comparisons. And like people really love those. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, and and for my own channels too, like it's it's kind of like finding out what someone would like, or or you know lots of people like, and then adapting it to like taking that idea, let's say a comparison video, and then trying to do it in a way that I I feel interested and excited about, you know. Yeah. So I th- I I'm pretty sure I'm my idea is that. You just have to be excited about the video. You have to care about what you're making, mm-hmm. and and even if this the subject isn't like you know overtly something that you you are interested in, try to find a way to do it in your style and like really like it. You know, right. and I don't mm-hmm. know if that's the best answer, but it's it's all about like doing stuff that you like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, the, as much as I complain about you know making videos and stuff. I really like making the like weird acid trip videos that I make for American Cyclops. Yeah. I love making those. I have a blast making those. Nobody watches them, but mm-hmm. I still have a blast making those. And so I'm always going to do it just because yeah. I like making weird stuff. And that's what gets me fired up. And it helps me learn other things that I can, ad- you know, I can adapt later into the more uh, quote unquote mainstream yeah. content that I do produce. Um, so that's why that's actually the thing that really kicked me into trying to upgrade my cameras was I should do it for 
my career, <laughs> but I also think they will enable me to do more weird stuff. Like yeah. More of my, ex you know, artistic expression, I yeah. guess, if you want to call it that. Because I do really enjoy making those insane videos and they're all, everyone's <laughs> like, do you do drugs? And I'm like, I actually don't do drugs, but. This is my drug. <laughs> this is, yeah. <laughs> I think we, uh, on a Patreon podcast recently, we, were, we went really deep into UFO territory and uh, we got done exploring some pretty ridiculous concepts. It was actually uh, the most recent one with the, the dudes from Scythe Guitars. Nice. And they got done, they kind of paused, and I was like, yeah, guys, I don't even smoke weed. Imagine <laughs> if I did. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, bro. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun, it was a fun episode. But um, yeah, so we're getting close to the end of the main podcast, and usually... I wrap up with a couple classic questions, as you're you're probably aware of. I am familiar. Yeah. But before I do that, I kind of like to give the guests an opportunity. You know, if there's anything you've wanted to tell a few thousand people, you know, you have their ears at the moment. Is there something you want to plug? Is there a, you know, relative you want to shout out or uh, anything you want to say? Now is your opportunity to go ahead and do that. Uh, you know, I thought about this, like, what would I say to this question? So many times mm -hmm. listening to your episodes, uh, <laughs> I guess I just want to say thank you to you for having me on. Uh, thank you to the listeners for listening. I hope you enjoyed, um, be kind. I think, uh, I think, what was it? Julie from Earthquaker said, be kind to one of these answers. Mm -hmm. And I think that's good. Also, if you have a relative or a family member you love, and they're still here, you should text them or call them and tell them that you love them. Yeah, I love that. You definitely should do that. Yeah. Ring up grandma because grandma may not be here very much longer. And then you're going to be mad at yourself for not doing it. Yeah. That's, that, you're not going to regret it. No, no. You're not going to be like, man, I'm, I wish I hadn't called them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very, I mean, I guess I shouldn't guarantee that, but most likely yeah. you're not going to regret it. It's very <laughs> unlikely. For sure. Yeah, I love that. That's a good. That's a good one. So I I always appreciate it when people do use that section for something of that nature. I mean, I, I put it there for a reason. I want them to say whatever they want to say, but when people take the time to kind of, you know, it's it's a crazy world we live in, and we Boy, all sure need is reminded of that stuff. Yeah, it's it's not uh, not coming from a place of like. I'm better than you because I called grandma. It's no. like, no, we all kind of need to take a step back and remember what's important. So thank you for that. That was very nice. I thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. Classic questions. First one. What is your favorite boss pedal? Oh, he's Wait, looking I, over his shoulder. I'm going to go get it. Hold on one sec. Okay, go get it. All right, he's migrating. There he goes. Ooh, Yes. Okay. Oh, oh, I can't see what that is. Sorry, I, I tried to what... do that really quick. You did it. It's okay. I narrated it for you. Okay, cool. Ah, the super boss, shifter. Yep, the super shifter, the PS5. Mm. The boss PS5. This thing is so, so sick. I And I, I initially got it because it can make your signal like dive bomb. Mm -hmm. uh, like you can, so like you can play, like you can set it to where it's, what is it? The T arm, the trem arm. So you can set it to where you're playing. And then once you push down on this pedal, you can set it to either go up, pitch your signal up like 
up to two octaves or down mm -hmm. to two octaves below your signal. So it's almost like a record stop effect. Yeah. Or like a whammy. Yeah. And you can control how slow or fast the pitch change happens. Oh, cool. And you can also use um, an expression control on the side here there to essentially go. make it like a, a whammy pedal. So you can use a, nice. an expression to like, you know, control the pitch shift with your feet. Got it. Do you know the the PS3 is one that keeps getting brought up on the show, and I'm kind of on the hunt for one. Mm -hmm. um, do you know the difference between the PS3 and the PS5? Because I'm actually not sure. I honestly don't. I can't even remember how I figured out this pedal existed. <laughs> I'm I'm assuming that it was something on YouTube. You know, there used to be this channel. I think it was called GearWire or something. Okay. Where like they would do unboxings, but also demos. And it's always this person that pull up, open the box, and then be like, "And here's all the literature from Boss." <laughs> and then, <laughs> just like then you would get into the, the uh, the demo. Right. I, it must have been that though. I, I but sorry, no. To your question, I do not know what the difference between the PS3 and PS5 are. The Google machine will be receiving traffic from me yeah. later. <laughs> <laughs> As it does daily. Yes. You're welcome, Alphabet. <laughs> so, final question. And I know you've been prepping for this one. I'm so prepping I'm, all the time. I'm excited to hear what, <laughs> what you say. What is your favorite kind of pizza? Um, okay, so I think... I'm Like, just pizza, yes. I say pizza, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I think if I had to choose like a favorite, it would either be like plain cheese or like extra cheese or like mm. a veggie pizza. Okay. Yeah. So like, I think the veggie pizza is probably the more interesting answer, but I just like plain cheese pizza. I think the plain cheese is, is often overlooked. Yeah. You know, but there's a, there's a real delight to a well-crafted plain cheese slice. Yeah. That sometimes like like the few times I've been to New York City, I I'll get a pepperoni slice, of course. I mean, that's what you think of. When you think yeah. of pizza in your brain, I think 99% of people picture a pepperoni pizza. Yeah, I think so. The pepper the pepperoni pizza is the pizza emoji. I mean, like <laughs> yeah. there's a reason for that, right? <laughs> but a cheese slice when I'm when I'm especially when I'm in New York City, I gotta. I, I'll usually get a cheese slice. Yeah. To, to to know, like, let's see what this pizzeria has got. You know, <laughs> you can pull off a good cheese, then we're gonna be friends. Yeah. If you can't pull off a good cheese, then your pepperoni's not gonna be good either. So, yeah, cheese slices are are amazing. There's there's a place here in town uh, called the Original Pizza Place. It's in Marietta, Ohio, and it, they they're have, all the original. Yeah, pizza they, place. they're all the original pizza place. Uh, they have. Like a Sicilian style, so like it's a thicker crust. Mm -hmm. um, their plain cheese of that is really good. It's nice, amazing. And then if you want, if you're ever visiting Stumac in Athens, uh, be sure to hit up Avalanche Pizza in okay. Athens, Ohio, because they have, like, they have normal stuff, but they also have this like specialty menu that's like, uh, like a a baked potato pizza or or oh. um. Uh, skeleton Witch is from Athens, so like they have a signature pizza too. They have like the Yvonne Craig Batgirl pizza, and it's <laughs> it's just a whole bunch of different pizzas with a whole bunch of different stuff on it, and it, they're all really good. <laughs> Avalanche Pizza noted. All right, thank you for that 
Hot tip. Yeah, hot tip. <laughs> nice. Well, dude, this has been a great episode. I'm really glad we finally did it. Me too. Thank man. you so much for coming on. This is awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, I think we'll slide over to Patreon if that works for you. Yeah, sounds good. Cool. All right, everybody. For Eric, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right, there you have it. Another one in the can. Please slide over to YouTube and give my dude Eric a follow because he is definitely worthy of it. He makes great videos. That's why I wanted to have him on. I wanted to pick his brain. Clearly, there was a little bit of self-serving going on there because I'm trying to work on my YouTube game as well. So if you would like all the bestest content on YouTube, you got to go follow Eric and follow myself. And I know both of us would really, really appreciate that. If you like this conversation and if you like this podcast, if you wouldn't consider sliding over to Patreon and supporting the show, where for five bucks a month you can get additional episodes beamed directly to your ears. Or if you're an Apple subscriber, you can go to the Apple Podcast app and you can subscribe to the premium feed through there. It's the same price. Either way is cool. Most people choose Patreon just because it's a little bit more familiar. The Apple platform is a little new to the premium content game. But if that's easier for you, that works as well. And I'm uploading all that stuff every week. More chats with more people. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you again to everyone who picked up the slice of pie. That is going to be an ongoing thing. I should mention that on this uh, segment, actually. There have been a few flippers trying to uh, make some money on the slice of pie, which, you know, it's okay. It's fine to, to try to squeeze a few coins if that's your game. But the thing is, this thing's available. So there's no reason to pay an inflated price when you can get it right from Big Ear for the original price, and it's going to be an ongoing production item. As long as there is still interest in this pedal, they are still going to produce them, so there's absolutely no reason that you should pay an inflated price. Just go to Big Ear Pedals and buy it from them direct. Okay, I think that's good. Let's jump out of here, and you can get on with your day. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I'll talk to you very soon. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. 
He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.